day and welcome to KPMG's AI in Control podcast series. My name is Samantha Glody, Managing Director in KPMG's advisory practice in the US and your moderator for this series. We'll be talking about the digitalization of governance and AI. We've heard on our earlier podcasts about the risks and implications that artificial intelligence and machine learning are introducing. We've also heard about how governance is a key factor to establishing trust. We'd like to focus today's discussion on the concept of digitization of governance and what is happening in the marketplace as it relates to monitoring AI. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues, Kelly Combs, Director of Emerging Technology at KPMG in the US, and our guest, Rohan Vadianathran, Offering Manager, IBM Watson OpenScale. Welcome, and thank you both for joining us. Great, Sam. Thank you for having us. We're really excited about this topic area, and I can't wait to share my perspective on AI governance and tooling. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me on this podcast. This is a really exciting topic, uh, and I'm happy to be chatting with Kelly on this. Great. Well, let's start with Kelly today. Kelly, what's your point of view on how we can enable governance through tooling? Yeah, great question. So, I think we need to start with defining what do we mean when we talk about tooling? And the viewpoint that we have currently is that when we're talking about tooling as it relates to AI, we're talking about systems, technology, capabilities that can be used to monitor, assist, and automate some of the operational processes associated with AI and the development process. Now, when we think about governance, there's a lot happening in the AI governance space, and there's a lot of organizations that are concerned around the implications of AI that could introduce new risks and concerns within their organization. So they're thinking about how do I better identify bias and fairness? How can I understand the decisioning that's being made by an AI solution? And what we're trying to do is say, how can we actually use technology to move from paper-based policies and procedures to actually digitizing governance digitizing and getting more real-time and continuous monitoring. And we see an evolution of this being a new trend in the AI space in particular. And Rohan, is there anything you'd like to add to Kelly's points? Those are some great points. I definitely agree on defining this space as what we normally broadly talk about the life cycle of AI. And then how do we intersect governance with each of those uh, touch points in the life cycle of AI? Coming at it from a technology perspective, I look at tooling as something which is able to convert these governance actions that you may generally do on the business side into actionable inputs into your systems. So we see that it's never one system or never one data science platform or one AI platform being used. There are multiple platforms. So providing a way to understand the semantics and the data that comes out of each of these platforms and being able to tie them together is what will really push forward the narrative for governance. Great. Thanks so much. This question is directed to you again, Rohan. How does IBM see tooling playing a role in governing AI and machine learning systems, and what work is IBM doing in this space? Tooling, as we see that it plays not only a role in governing the lifecycle, I think it's also important in making the lifecycle more effective. That's a side effect that we are seeing of having these kind of governance systems in place. We'll talk more about that as examples, but when we talk about specific technologies over here, 
We are looking at monitoring for biases, making decisions, and giving a view of that, not only to the data scientists, but also to business users, what impact it may have on their business outcomes. Another specific technology that we are finding is gaining a lot of traction is around drift detection. Many times we think of models or AI as something that we launch into production for a use case and it's supposed to run smoothly. But the reality of a business environment is that inputs change. The situation around you changes. The world around you changes. How fast are you able to you know, identify that your model may not keep up with something like that and the impact of that and replacing that model with something which does better? Those are some of the interesting technologies that we are seeing that comes together as part of the life cycle. In terms of the work that IBM is doing, we do a lot of work with thought leaders across the industry. Of course, we collaborate a lot with KPMG, the business side of the equation, the business domain knowledge, especially in regulated industries that partners like KPMG bring to us is really important. We also work with universities and government agencies. We've helped author some guidelines around ethical use of AI and how you should be thinking about these systems when it is impacting large groups of people. Of course, IBM Research does a lot of cutting-edge work on these technologies, and those are the kind of technologies that we bring into our business side and we productize them into tools that we are talking about today. Yeah, and along those lines, Rohan, I know you mentioned a little bit of the industry perspective, and I have a couple examples of what we're seeing in the marketplace. One of the things at KPMG at AI Adoption, we did a fairly comprehensive survey to say of the 100 large-cap U.S. headquartered companies and 100 large-cap international companies, how quickly is AI adoption really happening, and what are the challenges that those leading adopters are having? And some of the trends we saw were around how are they gaining the capabilities, are they building versus buying, how much investment spend is going into AI, but also a lot of focus, to your point, was on the governance construct and this concern around ethics and control. And we're actually speaking to a lot of the large early adopters, which primarily are occurring within financial services, insurance, and the technology sector, given the vast amount of data that they have to be able to train algorithms. What we're finding is they're in various stages of implementing governance frameworks, methodologies, and processes so that individuals within the organization can ultimately trust in the outcome of the system. And they're beginning to think about what are the prerequisites that I need to be capturing off the runtime of an AI system to be able to better set myself up longer term to put dashboarding and be able to bubble up metrics to define key performance indicators and key risk indicators. And the intent of that really is in financial services, for example, there are point in time validations that occur around models today. But how do we move from those point in time manual reviews to more continuous and real-time monitoring? And if we can understand as we're onboarding use cases, what data needs to be collected how that data could be captured, and how we can report it in both a data scientist term to prove that bias and fairness is being achieved or not creeping in, and also in business user terms, we can better enable the organization to facilitate use cases and adoption and trust in the technology more quickly. So those are a lot of the conversations we're having is, what do I need to be doing now? And as I onboard more applications of the technology, what do I need to be capturing and how do I define what I want to measure to ultimately use a tool like IBM OpenScale, which can help look at down to the transaction level detail, how was my decision made 
and what data attributes contributed to that decision. The other area we're seeing a lot of development is how do I actually apply the DevOps process and the idea of continuous integration and continuous deployment for AI models. So can I actually automate some of the development work to better facilitate some of the work that is done by the data scientists and the IT organization? So those are a couple examples that I'm seeing specifically in the market that I think it'll be really interesting to where some of these early adopters start heading with tooling. And the promising thing is that not only are they thinking about it, but organizations like IBM and others in the marketplace are actually building tools to help solve the challenge of digitizing governance. Thanks, Kelly, and thanks, Rohan. These are really interesting insights. Now, what examples are we seeing as it relates to the use of tooling in AI and machine learning? Are there any emerging trends or practices in this space? For example, do we see clients being proactive or reactive to tooling? Let's start with you, Kelly. Great question, Sam. So some of the trends that we're seeing, and to answer your question around, are clients being proactive or reactive? I do think there's a bit of hesitation in the marketplace. So the lack of regulation in this space, I think there's a bit of wait and see. What do we need to actually prove and evidence as it relates to governance? But I do see the early adopters trying to think about how do I inject tooling or how do I use automation for AI at the onset? Let's not apply traditional practices to emerging technology. Let's try to be a little more forward and future thinking. So they're having conversations around how do we define key performance indicators and key risk indicators that we want to measure? What data do we need, whether it's metadata, it's training data, used to train the algorithm, or it's payload information coming off the production runtime system. They're trying to identify where are their gaps in what information they have and what are they trying to measure. And they're thinking about governance and tooling in parallel. So they're saying, I'm not going to wait until I've fully fleshed out our policies, our procedures, our governance construct, and I've operationalized all of our AI processes. They might be doing a proof of concept using a tool now and saying, I should be thinking about tooling at the onset as I'm building out my governance processes. I'm not going to wait until I've reached a certain maturity because they see the importance of these technologies in the longer run. So those are a couple things that I'm seeing that I think are important. Great. Thanks, Kelly. Rohan, anything else you want to add? Sure. So I see two broad trends in the space of governance and especially the way tooling is getting adopted. So first of all, it is about the entire life cycle. It's not just about the governance of data or the governance of models in separate terms. It's always about the entire life cycle, meaning even to the point of getting the business or the data scientist to explain, why did you even build this model in the first place? What kind of modeling techniques did you choose? Uh, Where did you obtain your data from? How did the life cycle of the data evolve? How did the life cycle of the model evolve? And how are you monitoring it now? What are the metrics? It's always about the entire life cycle. And at each point, we see users thinking about defining policies or best practices on how to answer questions on how do we govern it at each point. That's one of the broader trends that we are seeing. At a more narrower level, they are also trying to extend some of the best practices that they do today. So especially in regulated industries or in banking, financial services, there are very specific ways in which they do model validation, account for risks of the models from any quantitative assets. 
they are extending that to include AI models. And when they do that, some additional sets of technologies are required because deterministic or simple rule-based models are a little different in the way AI models have to be evaluated for risks. I see those as the two main trends that are emerging in this space. In terms of whether clients are being proactive or reactive, I agree with Kelly in terms of they are thinking about what is the model that they want to choose, and they're being very thoughtful about it right from the beginning of these projects. In some industries where AI is leading and the big players, maybe the big banks or the high-tech companies, they have progressed maybe a step or two ahead where they've started to put these best practices in place and they have either semi-automated or manual processes of ensuring that they control the life cycle of the model. But we see there is a lot of scope for this to evolve into more automated tooling, more policy-based governed tooling. The vision is that you could put this on an autopilot by defining rules around the entire process itself. Let's continue with Rohan. What considerations and challenges do clients need to think about when trying to digitize governance? I would say that when you're trying to digitize governance, I would think about broad policies to start with. What are the business objectives that we want to meet with a particular AI project? And as a result of that, how do we want to govern it? The reason I say this is because you do not want to govern a marketing model in the same way that you're governing a credit risk model. Those are two very different applications. One requires a lot more scrutiny and quantitative analysis. The other may be more short-lived and it does not require as much uh, analysis. So defining broad policies on what your categories of business objectives are and what your business problems are would be a great place to start. And then you let loose the appropriate teams and SMEs to convert these policies into real narrower actions that you want to do to govern these projects. The second aspect I would say is that there's more on the tooling side. It would be wise to choose a platform that can be heterogeneous or open when monitoring the AI model in an organization. What we are seeing is that no organization, when I say no organization, talking about medium to large enterprises, have just one data science stack or one machine learning platform. There's a lot of diversity in the tools and technologies that data scientists use that different lines of business use. But when you look at it from an enterprise governance perspective, when you look at it from a chief risk officer or chief data officer perspective, you have to account for all of those systems. Being thoughtful about choosing a platform that is open and that can monitor a variety of different model types, model serving engines would be a decision that you should make right at the beginning. Thanks, Rohan. Kelly, anything to add to these comments? Great points, Rohan. I definitely agree with what you said around picking a technology that's open and can be used across a number of technology platforms and use cases. The two things that I would add from my perspective that we're finding or or to consider for organizations is I think folks get overwhelmed with where the use cases of AI are happening. How do you create a centralized function that can dictate and provide oversight into all of the different business units or functional areas that have different use cases occurring? And the one thing we talk a lot about is that governance, the onset is not going to be 100% automated, and it will continue to require a combination of manual and automated interventions and a number of different data feeds, again, coming from different parts of the organization or just different technology platforms. The other piece of it really is 
our goal with some of these tooling is to provide the information that the organization needs to equip them to make a decision. Data can be fed into a dashboard and the results could say there could be bias here. The organization needs to have policies, procedures, and determine how are we going to action upon when we identify things that happened and how we're comfortable with the results. In short, what I think I'm trying to say is the human element still a vital part to Rohan's point, defining broadly what you want to measure, agreeing on the metrics, the information that you need to collect, and then determining when we have that information, how do we as an organization get comfortable actioning on it are also very key components to consider as you're moving along your automation journey. Thanks, Kelly and Rohan. They're really interesting perspectives. So how do you both see the AI and machine learning tooling space evolving in the next one to two years? Do you have any key messages or tips on how to stay ahead of the curve? Let's start with you, Kelly. few tips. I, I do think that this space will evolve rapidly. I think the conversation around AI and machine learning tooling even two years prior to this conversation looked a lot different. There was definitely some early thinkers like IBM that were getting some open source and commercial software out there like OpenScale, which I mentioned earlier, that can help with looking at bias and at transaction detail and explainability and how could a decision be different if you change some of the data attributes. But I think we're going to see this space evolving in that these tools will be continued to be integrated in the AI lifecycle. So there's not one tool today that can do end-to-end AI development and monitoring and prevent bias from happening. But I think we're going to see an intersection of some of these tools, but an integration of them across the AI lifecycle. And I think, as I mentioned before, it's not just about the technology, but about understanding where can you start to inject tooling to improve processes within the organization and that human and manual intervention and stakeholder alignment will still be huge components. And the other area is as regulation is important for some industries, tooling will be or could be a great way to evidence how are you achieving what you're putting on paper or stating to your regulators that you're doing around AI governance. Can tooling and dashboarding be used as a facilitation and an evidence area to have more purposeful conversations with regulators? So instead of saying, we have a policy that we don't use this type of data, can we use tooling to say, we have a policy and oh, by the way, I can show you that we're not using any of these protected attributes or features. So how can we use technology to enable us to actually evidence that we're doing what we're saying? Those are some of the trends that I'm thinking will happen in the next one to two years. Thanks, Kelly. Rohan, do you have anything else to add? I think this is definitely a very exciting space and it's going to move pretty rapidly over the next couple of years. There are a few themes that I see in this space as emerging. To start with, I agree with Kelly on the importance of business stakeholders increasing in the life cycle. So I believe that tooling will evolve for more than just the data scientists. Of course, the data science tools that are available are going to be much more enhanced. They're going to be able to produce much better quality of models. But more than that, business stakeholders will be able to guide the life cycle of AI, if you will, and define you know, what are the points in that where governance and how those points are to be governed. Keeping with that theme, the tooling will also be used to 
guide an effective best practice for an organization. Many times we tend to think of governance as something which is controlling a process or being restrictive. But the way we envision the tooling will happen is something that will also enable an organization to be effective, more effective in the way that they are running their business process and as a result of that, the AI model. So being able to see which way of doing and building of doing projects and building AI models is more effective between two or three kinds of projects and making a decision on choosing one of them to be the life cycle for a particular kind of model. Those are the types of capabilities that tooling will evolve for business stakeholders. Even on the technology side, like on the machine learning side, I think auto AI is going to become extremely important. And this goes beyond just the auto ML parts of it, where you're looking for transformations, hyperparameter optimizations. I believe it's going to extend into things that look for much more deeper metrics in data quality, so looking at things like uh, skew in data set, biases in data set, being able to test these proactively as part of that process of developing models automatically and integrating it into a end-to-end life cycle for deploying those models and monitoring them is going to become more prevalent. And finally, continuing that theme of auto AI, we see technologies evolving and, and IBM is working on a lot of them where The tooling itself will be able to do much better error analysis, make suggestions for improvements of the models, some cases be able to even train models which may work better on a subset of the data that you're seeing while scoring or maybe even the entire data set that you're scoring so that data scientists do not have to develop these things from scratch and together with the business they can make a decision on whether we put this on an automated mode or do we have human intervention and go and look at the metrics and then push them into production. So I think those are some of the themes that I see are evolving and would come into mainstream the next 12 to 24 months. Great. Thanks, Rohan and Kelly, for a very insightful discussion today. Be sure to join us for our next podcast episode on ethics and AI. Thanks, everyone, for listening.